my heart embraced the will of God, my path aligned with His plan. As children of God, we have been given the ability to both obtain and enjoy wealth. Hi, my name is Tamara Hill, creator of Lift Off Your Finances, and I'm so excited to invite you to join this very special weekly program to learn more about your finances. This is not an investment series, nor are we focused on making you feel bad about any financial decisions that you've made until this point. Instead, we'll talk about how you can maximize what God has already placed in your hands. Hello and welcome back to Lift Off Your Finances. I'm your hostess, Tamara Hill, and today we're going to talk about tips for balancing it all. So what do I mean by this? If you've been listening to Lift Off Your Finances for several weeks now, you've gotten a lot of great ideas. You've learned how to understand your bottom line. You've learned how to chart your financial course. You've learned about the importance of liquidity and also snowball, the snowball method. That's not my method. That's Dave Ramsey's method. But you've learned all kinds of tips to help you get on the right financial course. And so I think that this is all great, but I'd like to reiterate with everyone, some of the principles you hear on lift off your finances, at least those initial ones when you're really trying to course correct your finances, there may be a period of time for a season, not a lifetime, where you do have to be a little more diligent. It's kind of like dieting for a season. You may need to kind of pull back a little bit more and then lose the weight. But like dieting, for anyone who's ever gone on a diet, sometimes if you stay on one for too long, you want to eat everything. (laughs) And so I've found that too personally and from coaching clients with Lift Off Your Finances. If you stay on too strict of a regimen, the opposite can happen. You just want to spin up everything. It's like, oh, I'm just tired of being restricted. So I totally get that. And so that's what this episode is all about. We're going to share today financial tips for balancing it all. So again, remember, lift off your finances. Our key cornerstone here is to focus on two concepts, biblical wisdom and practical tips. These two things together equal financial transformation. And that's what we're here to talk about on lift off your finances. I love it. I love hearing the feedback from you when you write me and share your thoughts because together we can make a difference to help each other. When I hear your stories of victory and how you've overcome financial challenges, it inspires me. And I hope that when you hear about my challenges and what I have overcome, it will inspire you as well. We're all connected together. So let's get started with this episode, Tips for Balancing It All. I always like to start with a foundational scripture because again, This is not just opinions. We want to make sure we're anchoring what we're doing in the Word of God. And so this is one of my favorite scriptures. It's actually one of two foundational scriptures for this ministry. And it's Ecclesiastes chapter 5, verses 18 through 20. And it says, This is what I have observed to be good, that it is appropriate for a person to eat, to drink, and to find satisfaction in their toilsome labor under the sun during the few days of life that God has given them, for this is their lot. Moreover, when God gives someone wealth and possessions, and listen to this, and the ability to enjoy them. Listen to that. Moreover, when God gives someone wealth and possessions and the ability to enjoy them, to accept their lot and be happy in their toil, this is a gift of God. 
They seldom reflect on the days of their life because God keeps them occupied with gladness of heart. That is fantastic. And I love it because the foundational scriptures for lift off your finances is this one that talks about enjoying the wealth that God has given you. The other is Deuteronomy 8.18, where it says that God has given us the ability to produce wealth. You hear me talk about that in the intro of this show. So those two things, the ability to produce wealth, but then also enjoy it. What does it mean to enjoy your wealth? Well, it's hard to enjoy your wealth if it's all going out the the window and on bills, right? <laughs> it's hard to enjoy your wealth if you feel like you're working so hard and you're not getting anything in return. So enjoying your wealth really speaks to balance. And that's what we're talking about today, how to balance all this great information, how to balance being a good money steward with also enjoying it. And they, they can work together. At least that's what the word of God is telling us. And that's also what I have experienced. And so I want you to be encouraged by this. So let's start with our biblical tips for balancing it all, balancing this um, financial stewardship with having that enjoyment. And I said, sometimes they feel like they're at odds because people often go into one or two categories. It's, hey, I'm not doing anything but budgeting. I've counseled um, someone before who said, well, I, you know, I, I go to the food pantry, I do this, and I don't watch movies, I just stay home. And this person was employed and wasn't in a financial problem. But from a prior instance, he felt like, well, I, I just can't enjoy myself. I mean, this money may go away. Well, that's a bit extreme because that's not very joyful, right? I don't know how you're enjoying. But then you have some people on the other end who are so into the enjoyment, they're not saving anything. I remember I had a friend um, when when I was younger, we worked together and she would always see me paying my bills. And she would say, why is it on payday you pay your bills? <laughs> I know that sounds crazy. It sounded crazy to me then. Why, why do you pay your bills on payday? <laughs> I said, well, I pay them because I know that if I don't take care of what's important, you know, if I'm out just having a good time, I don't have enough money for bills. And she said, oh, I do the exact opposite. I have fun, and then if something's left, I'll worry about the bills. So <laughs> that definitely was an attitude that was more focused on the enjoyment than the actual piece of responsibility. And so we need both. We definitely need both. So let's get into our biblical tips for balancing it all, that, that desire to balance our finances, manage our money, but also enjoying it, just like the word promised. So the first one is faith in Christ. That is the foundation for staying balanced in your finances and in all aspects of life. So let's look at the word and see what it says. So it says, Colossians chapter 1, verse 16, For in him, we're talking about Christ, for in him... All things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities. All things have been created through him and for him. Amen. He is before all things and in him all things are held together. I've emphasized some words because I want you to think about that. The reason why I say that faith in Christ is the, the key foundation to help us balance anything is because everything that we know of in this life was created for him and by him and is held together through him. You know, wow, that takes a lot of pressure off, right? It's like if God is holding the universe in place, 
keeping the earth on its axis, he can keep me with these bills, right? <laughs> so this is important. The foundation is knowing that Christ is head of all. He's created all. And he's seeing all and sustaining all. So he's sustaining you too. If you're in a financial situation that's less than ideal, he's with you there too. If you're in a situation of abundance, he's with you there too. So that's the foundation for us having a balanced attitude with all of this. The second thing is that God's word also keeps us balanced in our finances and in all aspects of our life. Very true. That's why lift off your finances is built on both biblical wisdom and practical tips because it's the word that's the whole purpose for it to keep us guide us to keep us balanced in our viewpoints and how we live our lives to help us make the best decisions possible and remember that throughout the bible there are many verses that are specific to money and so here's here's an example that we can read about the word that kind of shows how it is the ultimate balancing agent in our life so hebrews chapter 4 verse 12 says for the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges, it judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Wow. Well, if the word is doing all that, I mean, that really, that really shows that it's a, a lens for us to look through that will help us to be balanced. Maybe you're making a decision that feels right, but if you read something in the word that's contrary to it, it may make you think, well, let me think about this. Let me pray about this. Let me find some more wise counsel. That's what the word is. It's a, it's a lens for our life, and it will keep us balanced in our finances and in all areas of our lives. The next thing that helps us kind of have a balanced attitude about money, balancing it all, not getting too stringent, not getting too loose, it is tithing. Wow. So we talk about tithing. And so tithing, I know, can be controversial, but if you're tithing or doing any committed form of giving, that is going to balance your attitude about money. And I've mentioned this in prior episodes. Even people who don't profess Jesus Christ as Lord have tapped into the beauty of giving. They don't call it tithing, but it is when they're giving significant sums of money. So that keeps you balanced. It's like, okay, I'm setting aside a certain portion for something aside from myself. I'm honoring God, and so that will keep you a bit more balanced in your money, your thoughts about money overall. So these are some basic foundations to kind of keep us balanced. Faith in Christ, God's Word, and tithing. Those are three things that will always keep us balanced in our attitudes about money. So I also want to talk about some things that can also move us from a balanced mindset to a fear mindset. A fear mindset is not a balanced mindset. The Bible says that fear has to do with torture. And remember, God has not given us the spirit of fear, but he's given us the spirit of love and a sound mind. So before I get into that, I want to talk to those who may have just joined us. This is Tamara Hill, creator of Lift Off Your Finances. And today we're talking about how to balance it all. We've talked about so many great uh, items here, how to balance your money, how to budget, how to save all those things that are so important we've also talked about how to dream how to give you know how to really engage in different areas of your life and today we're just trying to reconcile that how do you keep a balanced attitude we don't want to just spend everything in enjoyment but we also don't want to be so afraid to spend anything that we don't enjoy our lives either so balance 
I think that's one of the great um, questions of life that we probably all want to know with God. Like, where is the balance here? <laughs> so um, please check out my website, myliftoff.net. That's M-Y-L-I-F-T-O-F-F.net. And there you can find more resources to help you remain balanced in your finances. And so today we're really wanting you to start with being balanced in your mind, um, really looking at the Word of God, taking a step back and looking at the big picture. And so one area that really does affect our sense of balance, as I mentioned, is fear. So let's talk about some of these these items. So fear of spending. So we talked about Ecclesiastes 5, 18 through 20. And just to quickly recap, this is the scripture where it says that if God gives you wealth and the ability to enjoy it, that's the gift of God. We want to be in that place. But sometimes if you have been in a financial, financially difficult situation or have it in your history, it can be hard to be a spender. Spending is not always bad. It's okay to desire something nice for yourself. It's okay to have a desire for a nice, safe home. It's okay to desire safe, reliable transportation that you happen to like. I mean, if you're making a car note, it'd be nice if you actually liked it, right? There's nothing wrong with that. But if you have been through some type of economic trauma, you can become afraid of spending. Um, if you don't believe me, how many of us had grandparents and parents who lived through the Great Depression? Whoa, those people. <laughs> My grandmother is 94 years old, and to this day, if we open Christmas presents, she tells us we have to save the paper, and if we use the aluminum foil, rinse it off and fold it, and if you finish the margarine, she still buys margarine, rinse that out and save it. I mean, like some extreme stuff, but it's because of what she experienced. So that's people in that generation, but what about this generation? You know, I can remember the reason why I love that scripture so much is because God had taken me to a level of increase. I started working in energy, started receiving a large salary and bonuses, and I remember wanting to buy a purse. Um, and I just thought, no, I can't do it. I, I just can't because, you know, this is going to put me back in the undertow. <laughs> I'm going to be back in, in dire straits if I treat myself. And I was on a plane flying to a business meeting and I was reading my Bible. I used to have a small Bible that could fit in my purse. And I was looking through and came upon Ecclesiastes 5, 18 through 20 that says that if God blesses you with those resources and the ability to enjoy them, this is the gift of God. And folks, that word set me free. And I think the Lord wanted me to see that because I wasn't looking for a financial scripture, but it was what came up. And it literally set me free, and I have shared it with many people, and it has set them free too. So if you've had some type of economic um, strain in, the, in, the in your background, if God has delivered you from that, don't be afraid to spend. Now, we don't want to spend everything, but we're talking about balance, and so that's the first thing. The other fear that often comes up with money, particularly if you have come from a strained financial background, is fear of the bottom falling out. <laughs> so what do I mean by that? Like, okay, I have money. I'm not behind on bills. My debt is down. I have emergency savings for at least six months. Everything is going well. My job is pretty solid. But at any moment, this could all change. 
Does that sound familiar? Well, you know what? If you're living like that, there's an undercurrent of fear going there. And we don't want to be motivated by fear. Now, we want to be motivated by faith, right? And faith is the opposite of fear. So how do we deal with this? Because this is a real concern. So I think the first thing, of course, is to pray. We want to pray and ask God to address that fear in our hearts. And let's call it that. Lord, I'm afraid of the bottom falling out. What if this goes wrong? I I don't want to take my kids on vacation because what if I lose my job? That whole mentality is stressful. (laughs) Been there, done this. That's the spoiler alert. All these things I'm sharing with you, I've done myself. So you don't want to be afraid. You don't want to have that fear in your heart. Um, So that's the first thing is really to talk to God and say, hey, I I have this fear of, of the bottom falling out. Please help me. And so I want to give you a scripture again, Malachi chapter three, verses nine through 10. It says, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse so that there may be food in my house and test me now in this, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you a blessing until it overflows, then I will rebuke the devourer for you. Listen to that. I will rebuke the devourer so that it will not destroy the fruits of the ground nor will your vine in the field cast its grapes before time, essentially. All the nations will call you blessed, for you shall be a delightful land, says the Lord of hosts. Well, that's a promise right there. If we're entrusting God with the first fruits, our tithes and offerings, we really don't need to be afraid of the bottom falling out. It says right here, I will rebuke the devourer for you so that it will not destroy the fruits of the ground, nor will your vine in the field cast its grapes before it's time so what that's essentially saying is that god is personally pushing back the enemy satan the devil whatever you want to call that Uh, you know that he's rebuking that he's doing it on our behalf anyway but we can trust in god like no god we're not going to fear the worst you you have us you're taking care of us you promise to never leave us nor forsake us and we are trusting you lord we're trusting you we have to actively move our faith in the right direction because If you're afraid, you're putting your fear in the negative. You're putting faith in these false imaginations. And we don't want to do that. We want to always stay with hope. And you know what? If it feels like the bottom falls out, and I have felt like that before, going through a divorce, going through job layoff, or I thought, this is it. You know what? It it never completely fell apart. Even those those, um, institutions weren't in my life at the moment. Marriage or the career god never let me go he never let me go completely down the drain so we have to remember that we're supposed to trust in god and not our circumstances because the circumstances can change but if we have this eternal faith that you know what no matter what happens god is going to help me he's going to see me through this he has me in the palm of his hands he's going to help me that's powerful we have to have that mindset because fear can come upon all of us And so what's another um, antidote for money fears or something that happens? Uh, Fear of not having enough money or resources. So maybe you're doing okay right now. Again, a lot of this speaks to people who've had economic strain in the past. You're afraid of, you know, I can't really enjoy myself. I can't give because what if I don't have enough for myself? Well, the Bible has all kinds of examples of people who were in that exact situation. And because they didn't have enough, The fact that they extended their faith to give to others, to help someone else. I'm thinking of the widows in the Old Testament. 
the widows who fell, the pro- prophets Elijah and the prophet Elisha, both of those prophets, um, they had a lack, but they still helped. They still reached out. They still shared what was most precious to them, and God blessed them. He increased them. So if you're afraid of not having enough money or other resources, let's look at Philippians 4:19, And my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. And so that's a scripture that you can write down. You can put it on your refrigerator and look at that, especially if you're in a place of lack. Like God is going to always meet my needs. And even if you're in a place of abundance, God will always meet my needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Because there's a risk there, too. You can become so wealthy and think, I don't want to lose this, so I'm going to hold on to everything. But see, this scripture speaks to you, too. The next thing kind of ties into that with the fear of financial giving. And so, again, if you're worried about, I can't give because what's going to happen for me and my household? Well, you want to pray about that because if God is leading you to give, you want to trust him and ask him, well, how can I do that? I, I, I know you're asking me to give, but I don't know if I want to because I'm afraid that I won't have enough. Well, Second Corinthians 8 and 12 says, for if the willingness is there, the gift is acceptable according to what one has, not according to what one does not have. Wow, that's pretty powerful. So I'll say that again. For if the willingness is there, the gift is acceptable according to what one has, not according to what one does not have. And so I think that's pretty powerful. So if you feel like the Lord is leading you to give, you can stand on this word. You can pray to him and say, what does that mean in my life? What is it that you're asking me to do? I really don't think that the Lord would put you in a situation where the giving would put you in a personal bind. I have not experienced that. Um, And so that's what I'm saying throughout this whole program. Pray, ask God, build that relationship. How do you build that relationship? praying, being honest, asking him for his wisdom and guidance. That's how it works. And you certainly want to do that here when you're trying to have a balanced mindset about money. So let's look at this. And another example about giving that is really, how do I give when I'm just not certain? So second Corinthians chapter nine, verses six, 15, six through 15, excuse me. This speaks a lot about giving Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows generously will also reap generously. And it goes on to say that what we just talked about in 2 Corinthians 8 and 12, that we want to give out of a place of faith and joy and not out of a place of regret or compulsion or or feeling like, oh, I have to do this. It says that God loves a cheerful giver. And then look at this. It says that, And verse 10, now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your store of feed and will increase the harvest of your righteousness. Verse 11, you will be enriched in every way to be generous on every occasion so that through your giving, it will produce thanksgiving to God. So there's so many promises here in 2 Corinthians 9, 6 through 15 that really speak to this fear of giving. That if I give something, I'm going to lose something. And so read that. Look at that again. 2 Corinthians 9, verses 6 through 15. To just really see what God says about giving. And again, I don't think that the Lord would prompt you to do something that's going to, going to harm you. And so that's why we want to pray. 
I'm sharing with you the scriptures and my experience, but always go before God. Ask him about your situation. That is always the best advice that I can give you. The next thing is that sometimes we have fears that some type of financial decision has gotten off us off track. You know, we talked a lot about, excuse me, student loans. Oh, these student loans, if I had never done that, I would be better. Oh, this house, if I had never bought this house. <laughs> so now I'm doomed. So let's look at Hebrews chapter 4, verses 15 through 16. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who has been tempted in all things as we are, yet without sin. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. So why do I want to focus on that? Well, that scripture is powerful. That Essentially, if there's anything going on in your life, we can go to God's throne of grace and ask for mercy and, and receive that grace. So if you've done something in the past financially that you don't think panned out quite the way you wanted it to, maybe it was a bad financial business deal, something, a, a poor investment, something that, you know, you really tried your best, but it just didn't work out. Okay, well, that's disappointing, but we can still go to God. He's not going to hold that against us and say, because you made one financial decision that wasn't right, you know, you're doomed from here on out with struggle. So remember that, Hebrews four fifteen through 16. And then the last thing is that if you are lacking wisdom about this, Remember James 1 through 5. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. So we want to remember that. We want to have that attitude as well, to have a balance. God, can you give me wisdom about how to be balanced in my personal situation? So with that said, I hope that you enjoyed these scriptures. And if you want to see them again, please go to my website, myliftoff.net, and I have them all available for you. And I just really encourage you to listen to the scriptures, read the scriptures, engage with the scriptures, try to live them because then you'll see that, that not only financial transportation, uh, transformation, you will see life transformation. And so with that said, thank you, Lord, for this time together. I pray, Lord, that you create a hunger for your word in each of us because your word has all the answers that we need to help get us on the right path and to seek your face. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for helping us to have a balanced attitude towards our money and life and all that's within those two realms. So thank you so much, Lord. Well, that's it for Lift Off Your Finances. Check me out on myliftoff.net, and we will talk to you soon. Write and let me know your thoughts. Have a great day. My path alive